Hey, I'm Jess. I am obsessed with all things nutrition, science, and helping you navigate this information while maintaining a deep sense of peace and empowerment in your body. I'm a registered dietitian who started out with an eating disorder and then absolutely fell in love with learning about how God intricately designed our body to be resilient and so much more than superficially beautiful. I'm now a mama who loves to be healthy, not because of how it makes me look, but because of how it has transformed the energy I can give to my family, friends, and you. Here on the show, we hit on real talk around the latest nutrition science and body image resiliency, all while balancing it between grit and grace. Think of this as your weekly audio coffee to encourage you in your empowered eating journey. This is the Fuel Her Awesome podcast. Hey friend, I'm so glad you're here because we are breaking down the five-step framework for empowered eating. We're breaking down how we can move from obsessive eating to food freedom, intuitive eating, and best of all, like most important, feeling confident and awesome and empowered and strong and capable in our own skin. Because let's face it, how we feel in our skin and our body and how we carry our body, how we take care of our body, it has a huge impact on the energy we bring into the world. And I know every single human, I believe this in my heart of hearts, every single human out there has a divine and unique purpose in their life. There is something uniquely incredible about you and who you are and what you can give to this world. It kind of reminds me when I was in kindergarten, I remember my teacher taking us on field trips and everywhere we went, the teacher would have us look around before we walked into wherever we were going. And then when we left, she would make us pause and look back and go, did we leave it better than we found it? Because that's strong characters. We leave everywhere we go a little bit better than we found it. And I believe that you have the ability to leave the world a little bit better than you found it with those unique gifts and that divine purpose that you have. However, I see way too often, and I was one of these for a very long time, we as women let the lies of our diet culture, physique-obsessed world get to us and tell us that we're not good enough, we're not capable enough, and we tie it up in our body image, and we don't take care of ourselves, and therefore we inhibit or we eclipse our ability to leave the world better than we found it. This is why I'm so passionate about empowered eating And I want to share this five-step framework with you today because I do believe that once we break this down and we can get ourselves into an empowered place with food and our body, we can do the very thing my kindergarten teacher taught me to do, which is leave the world a better place than we found it. All right, you in? You ready for this? (laughs) All right, when I look back at my eating journey, I think like most of us, I think of it and I think, wow, it has been so complex. It has been layered. It has been convoluted. And I did a lot wrong, honestly, in the beginning. I did all the things like obsessing about macros. I weighed myself daily and misinterpreted the change on the scale as like my own success or failure, depending on which direction it went. I categorized foods into good or bad lists. I bet you can relate. (laughs) If you're here, you can probably relate. I'm going to take a guess and say that you feel me on this. The thing is, I knew it wasn't working. It wasn't working because I wasn't happy in my own skin. Like despite all the effort I was putting into this, I never felt like I was making any progress. I didn't even know what progress was. (laughs) I just knew I was never there. And at the same time, it felt like this never ending day in, day out battle. 
it wasn't until when I became a or I went back to school to become a dietitian that I actually started learning about food and how it interacts with our body. And I have to tell you guys, I became absolutely enthralled with the science behind nutrition. I was fascinated with how our body worked in congruence with all of these nutrients from food to sustain, heal, and grow life. In class, I was honestly like a kid in a candy shop. Like when I think of my son and I, when I take him to this little candy shop outside of Durango, Colorado, he is a psycho kid <laughs> in this candy shop. We tell him he can pick one candy and he's like picking up every single one, flipping it over, like thinking of what, should I have this one or this one? And you know, it's just this crazy, crazy battle in his head because he doesn't know which one to get because he's so enamored with every single one. That's kind of how I felt in school. It was like every class, all of the information, I was so excited. I just wanted to take it all in and home with me because it was all so incredible. I was super jazzed and excited when I became a dietitian, and I also knew that I wanted to work specifically with patients with eating disorders. So as I started my career, I had all this excitement and started working with eating disorders and suddenly realized that all of that information <laughs> actually didn't jive with this specific population. It kind of felt like I was trying to fit a round peg in a square hole when it came to sharing information with people who struggled with food. So I decided to get extra training. I actually had to reach outside of the state because at that time in New Mexico, which is where I'm from, there was not a single person who specialized in eating disorders. So got plugged into an organization that connected me with a supervisor and I started supervision, which is super cool because now I am a certified eating disorder specialist and supervisor, and I'm able to supervise other clinicians or dietitians here in New Mexico. And we now have three. Isn't that amazing? We went from zero to three, and I have one more in training right now. So anyways, it was very cool to see this transition, but it was really interesting how much of my initial dietetic training actually conflicted with my eating disorder training. I mean, when I was learning how to treat people with eating disorders, we learned things like don't tell people what to eat, don't label foods as healthy or unhealthy, help people learn how to eat dessert. I mean, very different from what I had learned in undergrad. Now, I lived in specializing in eating disorder world for about 10 years. Then my career took another shift, and it took a shift when I started working with a UFC fighter. For those of you who don't know UFC, it is the mixed martial arts fighters, and they actually fight based on their weight. So they have weight classes. And I was recruited because I was also at that time a sports specialist, the only one in New Mexico at the time. There's not a lot here, you guys. We had to be, I had to be a trailblazer here. <laughs> so they recruited me for this case to help this individual reach their weight for the weigh-in. And it honestly conflicted with a lot of my eating disorder training. So here I was again where my new training and my, my new career path conflicted with the previous one. And I felt really confused. I realized at that moment that health is highly, highly individualized and that at the core of helping people direct which health, which health patterns and which nutrition choices and diet lifestyles are best for them, it has to come down to each individual person's values. I couldn't impose my own values you know, I, I have my own, I have my own opinions about how I think people should approach food, but I couldn't inflict that on somebody else. They had to decide it for themselves. And my job was to help them do their own value inventory and then connect how their health or their health behaviors actually su can support their values or how they might rework their health behaviors to better support their values. As their coach, my job was to challenge them from moving them from a place of comfort 
which was conflicting with their values, and move them into like through fear into that learning and growth phase. Now, when I came to this realization that I did not have to choose between being a dietitian or an eating disorder dietitian or a sports dietitian, they, they could all actually live together. It was a huge relief. This is when the empowered eating model was born. And it was a relief to me because I felt like a weight was lifted off my shoulders. I was free to explore again. I was free to be in people's corners and help them figure it out for themselves. Personally, this gave me a ton of freedom to go back to some of like the initial things about nutrition that really, really excited me. And that drive I have for exercise that's just natural inside of me, like it let me tap back into that without labeling it as diet culture driven. It allowed me to go back to it with this posture of curiosity and exploration and play. Like it was just really, really fun. So to help you get here, and hopefully in less time, because that whole process took me between 15 and 20 years, I have mapped out this five-step framework for you. And so I want to outline that for you here today. You ready? You ready? Okay, so the first step is value inventory and creating value-driven goals. This is the very first thing I do with all of my clients. This is the first thing we unpack in the Empowered Eating Method. We have to figure out what is most important to us and how that connects to our goals. So I go through several exercises with clients. And, you know, a lot of it's just questions and journal prompts because we have to make sure the values we choose are ones that we have actually chosen. All too often, and I see this in the eating disorder world or women who have a complicated history with food, some of the values that have been, that we hold high in our hearts have been imposed on us. So like beauty and aesthetics or control and discipline, like some of these values were things that we were told we had to value and we need to do inventory and make sure we're choosing the ones that are in alignment with our true authentic self. So that's number one. Number two, once we have that mapped out, we can actually sleep clearly and break down what I call the body bully. We all have this. There's a little voice inside our head that just beats our body up. It just talks crap to our body all day long. I mean, think of some of the things you say in your head to your body. Would you ever say that to anyone else? Chances are no. You probably wouldn't even say it out loud, and yet you're still saying it inside your head and accepting it as truth. So once we have values kind of as our compass, we can move into the body bully takedown and actually stand a chance to look at some of these thoughts that we have and rewire them. The third step is what I call biofeedback. This is a fancy word for listening how your body talks to you about the way you take care of it. And I really believe in this, that because yes, the scale is a piece of biofeedback, what your weight is, it's a piece of it, sure. But there's so much of an emotional charge behind the scale that I don't like people including it here. I encourage them to put the scale down and really shift attention towards other forms of biofeedback, like your hunger cues, your satiety cues, your bowel movements, your sleep, your energy, your muscle growth. Like all of these things deserve more attention than how much you weigh. So we spend a lot of time here in the empowered eating method, just understanding how our body works. You know, why do we need carbohydrates? Why, why do diets fail? When I try to restrict my food, why am I more hungry? When I don't sleep, why do I feel more hungry and less satisfied with food? Like all of these things 
are really helpful in understanding our biofeedback. I have this saying, and that is this. Your body is not something to be fixed. It is something to be understood. And biofeedback allows us to do that. And it really keeps us in this place of curiosity. So once we have these three steps down, we've got the values inventory. We've really looked at how we speak to our body and work to adjust our own language about how we talk about our body. This is going to change how we interact with our body and ultimately how we treat our body. Then we start to understand biofeedback. Now, now we can enter into fuel planning. Now, fuel planning is the actual nutrition piece where I pull in my job as a dietitian, which is to help you get acquainted with your body's needs based on your goal. But I do this in the fourth step because you need steps one, two, and three so that this isn't another diet. Oftentimes I have clients say, well, I just want a fuel plan. And yes, I mean, if you've done the work before, a fuel plan can be incredibly helpful. But if you haven't, this is just another list of, you know, what what you should be eating. And that's not what we're here for. If you line up steps one, two, and three, though, and then now we come into the fuel plan with curiosity. And the way I've set it up in the Empowered Eating Method is that we actually go through each fuel group. So we start with protein and fruits and veggies, and we just start to introduce adequate amounts of these two fuel groups. And then I invite you to listen to your body. What is your biofeedback? So we kind of go back and pull from that step number three to really build and solidify your next fuel planning steps. So then it's not about, you know, a good food list or a bad food list. It's truly about let's make these adjustments and hear what your body has to say. Then we shift over to carbohydrate or starch fuel groups. And this one's one of my favorites because, again, in true empowered eating form, I do not believe in good or bad food lists. Like the research shows, restriction equals binging. So never are you going to hear me say, do not eat that unless you are incredibly allergic and you'll go into anaphylactic shock. Then you're definitely going to hear me say, don't eat that because I love you on this world and I don't want you to die. (laughs) So unless that's the case, you're not going to hear what you should and shouldn't eat from me. Instead, I have my empowered eating students go through an exercise that actually invites them to evaluate all the different types of carbohydrates that they consume and listen to how their body responds. Like if you have a bagel, what is rate your energy level after that? What do you know that that gives to you from a fuel aspect? What does it give to you from a fun aspect? The trick here is looking at these fuel groups with a lens through a lens of neutrality. So we have more of an observational stance than a judgmental stance. And this is just game changing. It's so game changing because again, now we're staying out of the diet culture mentality. We are no longer getting stuck in this idea that we have to eat a certain way. We should do this. We shouldn't do that. No, rather it is pure curiosity. We're learning, we're taking the nutrition science and we're overlapping it with our body's biofeedback and lining it up with our values. Now the fifth and final step, I've actually already kind of been alluding to this, but the fifth step in this empowered eating framework is braiding it all together with grit, grace, and adaptability. This is where we really move kind of out of our comfort zone through fear into that continual learning and growth stage. We balance grace, like giving ourselves permission to learn, mess up, grow, like there's grace upon grace upon grace in this process. And if you find yourself losing that, that's your cue that there's some diet culture remnant still stuck in your brain. Because really, at the end of the day, 
It's like, if you don't eat perfectly, like, so what? (laughs) Like, you're still going to sleep at night. Your body is still going to wake up tomorrow and you're going to be okay. And that's the truth. Our body is incredibly resilient. It can handle your imperfect eating. It really can. (laughs) So we can give ourselves that grace. And at the same time, you've all got that grit inside of you. You are a go-getter. You're a goal setter, an accomplisher, a doer. I know that because you're here listening to this podcast You're looking to grow and you're looking to better yourself. And that's okay too. We can leave space for both. And the way we do that is maintaining a mindset of adaptability. Everything is figure outable. We can always learn and grow. There is never a situation where this is a pass or fail. Rather, there is always a lesson to be learned. And this takes time to learn. It truly does. I mean, when I work with clients one-on-one, This is something that is incredibly common. And I wish I could like bundle it up together and just share it with you guys here. So you, every woman out there would know she's not alone. So you're just gonna have to take my word for it because I don't record sessions since it's such an intimate conversation. But ultimately, this is an incredibly common theme in the women I work with. They set a goal, they start working on some stuff, they're listening to their biofeedback, and then they come back and they're like, this didn't go the way I wanted to. Like, I was doing so good and then right? Whatever it was. And obviously I'm not going to come in and I'm not a drill sergeant. I'm not going to beat you up, but I just come in and I say, okay, cool. What'd you learn? And it's funny because I can tell for just a second, they want to stay mad. Like they want to stay in this place of like, yeah, but I screwed up, Jess. Like, aren't you going to redirect me and tell me to get back on my protein or not eat that? And I won't. Instead I'll say, well, what did we learn? How did you feel? And now the conversation can start and we can maintain that posture of curiosity and it never, ever fails. When we maintain that posture of curiosity, we grow every single time and then nothing is wasted. And then it's like, yeah, so you ate some stuff, you didn't feel great and it didn't get you the goal you were trying to work towards. Okay. And now we can move on. We have information and we move on. We maintain that lens of neutrality. Super powerful stuff. Super, super powerful. All right, let's recap. So we've got the five steps. We've got number one, value inventory and creating value-driven goals. Number two, the body bully takedown. Number three, biofeedback without the scale. And I just, actually, I want to say one thing here. I can't help myself on this topic. (laughs) I just poured into a dozen research articles on self-weighing as to whether or not it was helpful or harmful. And it's really fascinating what... The research really across the board tells us is that if anyone has a history or a risk of some form of disordered eating, lower your self-confidence, increase your food restrictions, which ultimately kind of sends us back into that diet culture space. And this is what I found most interesting. It had no impact on weight. So in other words, when they compared people who did weigh themselves and those who didn't, there wasn't a big difference in their BMI. The way I hear this, it's like a no-brainer. There's no need for us to weigh ourselves because it's only making us feel worse about ourselves. It's impacting our mood. It's increasing our likelihood to go back to diet culture mentality. And it's not a guarantee that it's going to keep our weight exactly where we want it to be. So if you ask me, that's a no-brainer. I'm like, life is short. YOLO, people. We don't need to add things to our life that just make it worse. Life is hard enough as it is. Okay, but here's my disclaimer on that. See, that's my opinion. And while I feel strongly about it, and I definitely encourage people to challenge their attachment to the scale, 
I have several clients that still weigh themselves. So if you're one that's like, ah, Jess, I'm just like not ready to let go of the scale or I really do feel like it's helpful, I get it. And I will meet you where you are at. In fact, inside my Empowered Eating Method program, I talk about scale hygiene and how if you're going to weigh yourself, we need to do it fairly and some tools and tactics you can do to implement that in a way that's at least productive. Okay, so (laughs) I digress. I'm supposed to be recapping and I'm here going off on another tangent (laughs) about biofeedback. Okay, so number one, values. Number two, body bully takedown. Number three, biofeedback. Number four is fuel planning. And number five is braiding together grit, grace, and adaptability. And you know what? That adaptability is truly where the game changes. It's what allows you to overlap values, biofeedback, and fuel planning all together so that you don't get distracted by any more diet culture crap. Like you don't fall victim to that ever, ever again. You with me on that? Yes. We're so here for that, right? Okay. If you are ready, my friend, to dive into empowered eating on a deeper level and really get granular with this five-step framework, Dive into the show notes and you can find the details on joining me inside the Empowered Eating Method. It is open enrollment. We are taking on new students every day. And what's really cool about if you're listening to this in August of 2023, we are actually adding a live element and that will go through the end of the year. And that's to really encourage folks along the way because it is hard and there's so much distraction out there. So I decided for the rest of the year, we are going to add that live layer to the program. Woohoo! You ready for that? I'm excited to see you in there. And if you're feeling a little nervous, I just have to say this. That is okay, my friend. When you are doing something new, it makes sense that you would feel like a little lost, maybe nervous and uneasy. And I would love to answer any questions that you have. You can always, always slide into my DMs on Instagram at JessBrownRD. You can shoot me an email through my website. Because if you're thinking about this and you're on the fence, I want to make sure it feels right for you. It is an investment of your money and your time. And if you're unsure about it, let's talk about it. Let's figure out what is going to best support you. I will say that my students that do the absolute best are the ones who go through the program, immerse themselves in this framework, do the journal prompting, do the logging, do the work, and then work with me one-on-one to kind of fill in the gaps where they may struggle. Because, you know, everyone has different areas that they struggle more than others. So some people are like awesome at the values work. They just, they know what they want out of life. They know what's important to them and they've linked that to their values or to their health. Other people, you know, really struggle with the body image stuff. They've got a convoluted history and some deep stories in their psyche that need to be reworked and talking through that with someone can be really helpful. Other folks are like, just give me the nutrition science. (laughs) I want to know the, the nerdy stuff. So going through the program helps you like do the stuff you're awesome at, at your own pace. You can kind of fly through it and then reach out and work with me one-on-one to fill in some of those gaps and give you that individualized attention to grow where you might get stuck. We also have group messaging capacity inside the program. I love popping in there and connecting with folks as they're going through. I get to hear updates, answer questions, share menu ideas. Like there's a lot of cool stuff we can do in there. It's just a matter of you getting in there, investing the energy and taking that leap of faith. Like it is time to do something different. All right, sister, I'm so glad you joined me today. Thank you so, so much for hanging out with me today. And you know, I'm going to thank you on behalf of your body. Right now, your body is saying, yes, thank you. 
mind for listening to this, working on changing how you talk to me, how you care for me. And I'm so excited to feel how you're going to take care of me after you switch your mindset around food and exercise. Friend, your body is amazing. Your heart is amazing. Your soul is incredible. And when we can get all of those in alignment together as an empowered eater, it is going to rock your world. I'm wishing you a beautiful day, sending you so much love, cheers, and happy eating. Gosh, I'm so glad you joined me today. If today encouraged you, would you take a minute and encourage me by leaving a review for the show? I read every single one of these reviews and your words, they mean so much to me. This podcast is here to support you weekly, but it only scratches the surface. To learn more on how you can become an empowered eater, snag my free workshop, how to eat intuitively and hit your goals without obsessing over food at jessbrownrd.com. Don't forget to join me right here next Monday where I cannot wait to fuel your awesome. Cheers, my sweet friend, and happy eating.